Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Battleground Ukraine with me, Patrick Bishop and Saul David. Well, really sensational news this week. The meteoric career of Yevgeny Prigozhin has apparently come to a suitably fiery end, plunging to his death in an aircraft that crashed mysteriously north of Moscow on Wednesday. I say apparently because, as usual, with untimely ends in Russia, the facts are disputed with some claiming that Prigozhin wasn't in fact on the plane. But if Prigozhin is dead, who done it and what does it mean for Putin? Does it leave him weaker or stronger? We'll be discussing all that. But first, what actually happened? Saul, you always said that after the abortive Wagner coup two months ago, Prigozhin was a dead man walking. Well, I, I did say that, but I have to also confess, Patrick, that the longer time went on from the mutiny, which was, and I think this might be significant, exactly two months ago uh, to the day Prigozhin died, which, as we're recording, was yesterday. I was actually in a restaurant, got the news, uh, flashed up on my phone and thought, crikey, we, we need to cover this quickly. But the longer time went on, the more you felt that actually he was untouchable. I mean, let's remember back to those days, Patrick, straight after the mutiny, he was banished to Belarus and we thought he better stay there for his own safety. And yet within a couple of days, he was flying around uh, Russia. He was seen in St. Petersburg and also reported to be in a meeting with Putin himself with his senior lieutenants, many of whom seem to have been knocked off uh, in this what almost certainly is a state-sponsored assassination attempt. And of course, the other interesting thing about the death by knocking out a plane out of the air, quite apart from the awful echoes with the downing of that airliner out of occupied Ukraine in 2014, is that this may have been a symbolic retribution, of course, for the downing of those Russian military planes by Wagner as it was marching on Moscow. Yeah, I'm slightly sceptical about this. You know, it's exactly two months, the methodology employed, etc. But I think uh, it's pretty obvious that uh, the Kremlin did it. But we will never know, will we? There'll be the usual lies and obfuscations. There'll be some Kremlin muppets already on the airwaves blaming the Poles and the Ukrainians. But I do think they've got the Kremlin has got a real problem with the narrative of this, doesn't it? So because 
they can't really put out a story of their own that doesn't make them look weak uh, or doesn't make Putin look weak to his own people. If you're suggesting that the Ukrainians or the Poles have actually are actually behind it, then that suggests they've got the, well, it doesn't suggest, it says blatantly, they've got the ability to down an aircraft basically flying in Moscow airspace, uh, belonging to someone who's got the best security available. But it does actually make you wonder how how they did it. Uh, various stories are already emerging. One is that they were a case of wine loaded on board, exploding wine, which puts me in mind of uh, President Zia-ul-Haq of uh, of Pakistan, who went down in a mysterious air crash in, in 1988. That was blamed on a case of exploding mangoes that was put on board at the last minute. As my friend uh, Eric Vreed remarked, well, at least it makes a change from poisoning. But what do you reckon? So does this, does this leave Putin? How does Putin come out of this? Let's assume Putin did it. Does that make him, in the eyes of his own people and those around him, weaker or stronger, would you say? Well, he thinks it does, of course, but you're absolutely right, Patrick. He's caught betwixt and between on this one. You blame it on your enemies, uh, and that not only underlines the fact that you didn't do it yourself and you should have done, and two months. I mean, let's also let's go back and remember what, what Putin said while the mutiny was actually underway. These are traitors, and they will pay for what they've done. So in my mind, there's absolutely no question Putin has done this. Does it make him stronger not really, because why has it taken him two months to deal with someone who effectively struck at the, you know, the very basis of his power? Now, a little bit of indication that it was almost certainly a state-sponsored job is that there are pretty strong reports that contrails were seen. I mean, it takes us back, of course, to our episode this week in which we were in Kiev watching, uh, or at least hearing and then watching the sign of a, of a missile being taken out by missiles from the ground. And what you see are the contrails of those anti-missile missiles going up. And what has almost certainly happened in this case is that it was downed, they think, by two S-400 anti-aircraft missiles. I mean, these are military-grade missiles designed to use against military targets, and they've taken out a civilian airliner uh, using air defense missiles. All the evidence is in place. The plane was flying very close within 10 miles of a an airfield armed with these missiles. And a lot of witnesses are now saying they could see the contrails going up. And of course, the footage is now online, Patrick. I'm sure you've seen it already of the plane coming down. And it's interesting. It, you know, I mean, I'm not an expert in aviation, but it looks like uh, one of the engines was taken out because the plane is not destroyed, but it's coming down kind of in a swirling fashion as, as if one of its jet engines has been taken out. So in my mind, there's absolutely no question that it was taken out by missiles fired from the ground. Is there a symbolic uh, message being sent here, as I've already suggested? You know, you think this is all pretty basic stuff, but in my mind, they are trying to send out a message. But getting back to your original question, does it make Putin any stronger? Absolutely not, in my view. I mean, he'll think, of course, that this is sending a strong signal to his enemies. But actually, two months, no, it, it, it needed to have been done a lot quicker. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think it's uh, not a case of him biding his time. Some people have said, oh, this is a sort of the way he does things, the principle being that revenge is a dish best eaten cold. I think it just reflects the fact that he had to wait all this time to erode Prigozhin's position before striking. Just look at what's happened in parallel. Prigozhin had strong supporters in the military, including General Sergei Surovikin, General Armageddon of Syria notoriety. 
And it's only in the last day or two that the Kremlin has finally got around to firing him properly. So I think this whole story reveals just how vulnerable Putin's made himself in the first place by allowing Prigozhin to become so powerful. So for me, definitely weaker, both internally and and, uh, something I'll come on to later, externally. He's also made new enemies of the Wagner loyalists. I mean, they're not, I think their sense is much exaggerated, Wagner, but there still are a bunch of people around him who've already posted social media stuff, vowing revenge, making it very clear they think it was the Kremlin that did it. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I wouldn't like to be on the wrong. There may not be very many of them, but I wouldn't like to be on the wrong side of them. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll continue the discussion about the extraordinary news of Prigozhin's death. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com Spotify. TommyJohn.com Spotify. See site for details. Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. (laughs) That's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. (laughs) I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Welcome back to this emergency podcast. The next thing, of course, we have to ask us is about the inner circle. What do you think they'll be thinking this morning? Uh, the Wagner inner circle? Uh, no, the people around Putin himself, you know, the people who actually essentially are his sort of, you know, his cohort that basically run the show. Military and, you know, sort of political security apparatus and next level down, of course, the, the sort of oligarch class. Almost certainly the people very close to him from the security services would have been urging this act and and would have authorized it. There were already indications on social media that this was an FSB operation. But what's interesting is the potential consequences you've just been talking about, Patrick, because again, there are the first rumblings on social media and also coming out of some Ukrainian sources that Wagner is already on the move, that actually some of the Wagner troops in Belarus are heading for the Russian border. Now, this may be complete misinformation, but it could just show the the signs of the potential consequences of this for Putin, which is probably why he's taken so long to do it. So, you know, what countermeasures are in place to make sure that Wagner not just the bulk of its fighters uh, in Belarus, and there are many thousands of them there, but also, you know, they're not just in Belarus. They're in, their headquarters are in St. Petersburg. They already set up a shrine, apparently, uh, at the headquarters in St. Petersburg. So there are some very dangerous and very angry people, uh, both in Belarus and Russia at the moment. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be so uh, sanguine about the attitude of, of, of his immediate inner circle, Saul. 
I mean, if I was them, uh, I'd be thinking, well, look, you know, Putin's showing himself to be very erratic here. If you just think of the of the events of the last few months, Prigozhin was very much inside the fold. You know, he was the hero of Bakhmut, uh, the only people delivering any kind of, you know, battlefield success. Then he rebels. But amazingly, his treachery is apparently forgiven. As you say, he's invited to this summit, you know, the African leader summit in Russia. And then all of a sudden he's dead. Now, if I was them, I'd be thinking... This shows that Putin, who's actually played a pretty good game up until the last year or so, he's now turned to be murderously unpredictable, and that can't make them feel very comfortable. The question for them is, do you keep your head down and try and weather what looks like a kind of never-ending cycle of chaos and uncertainty, or do you think, well, this has shown it's really time for him to go. He's past it and uh, start to plan making your move. But either way, it's very risky. And I think a lot of hard thinking is going to be going on. Yes, you're probably right, Patrick. And one of the interesting things about timing is, as we reference in our program tomorrow, which we should mention was recorded before the news of Prigozhin's uh, almost certain death, was that the timing may be linked to the fact that he's been in Africa trying to raise funds for Wagner, which has now been cut off from Russian state funding. And a little bit of confirmation, possible confirmation for that is is a statement that's been put out by the reliable source, the Institute for the Study of War, which, by the way, is pretty convinced that he's dead. They're not saying possibly, they're saying he is dead. Uh, And they say that the Russian Ministry of Defense and the Kremlin have been destroying Wagner private military company and weakening Prigozhin's authority since the rebellion and the assassination of Wagner's top leadership, that's Prigozhin and others, was likely, as they say, the final step to eliminate Wagner as an independent organization. Yeah, once again, they've taken their time, haven't they? Just to get back to Putin, I think, and Russia generally, actually, I think that this leaves them looking even more hollow, doesn't it, on the world stage. Now, you know, they pretend to be a, a superpower, not only that, but a kind of great historic nation, a repository of culture and civilization, even spirituality. But, you know, anyone looking at this, what does it look like? It looks like some sort of barbaric medieval principality where everyone's constantly assassinating everyone else. It doesn't look like a superpower or else it looks like a kind of mafia movie, doesn't it? I mean, either way, it doesn't look good. And even those Russian, uh, sorry, those African leaders who were cozying up to Putin a few weeks back, they must be wondering, well, you know, is this actually someone we want to be associated with? So I think um, all round, it really does deal another blow to not only Putin's, but Russia's credibility, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would. It reminds the world that Russia is and has been for a, a significant period of time. We remember the attempted assassination of Skripal, the assassination of Litvinenko. It's a gangster state. Uh, and this absolutely underlines it. That's sort of the ruthlessness and the and the sheer lack of interest in what the rest of the world is going to think about Russia is, is astonishing. And let's also consider the other element to all of this, Patrick, is that this death will be being celebrated as we speak in Kiev. And we're, we're almost sad we're not still there, actually, because it is going to be, let's face it, a big boost for Ukrainian morale for the simple reason that this almost certainly means the end of Wagner as a military force in the Russian line of battle, even if it wasn't already out of it to begin with. Yeah, they're certainly interpreting it as a blow to Putin's prestige, aren't they? And it does send, I was looking at... Uh, 
the contribution from a Ukrainian MP yesterday on Sky, I think it was, and he was saying, basically, you know, we're living next door to a lunatic state, and that's why we need a very big fence in the shape of NATO, of course, to actually separate them from us. And this really brings that message home loud and clear, doesn't it? One other thing that strikes me, Saul, is that, you know, this is the the, the mysterious circumstances uh, of Prigozhin's demise is very fertile ground for conspiracy theories, uh, which, of course, abound in this part of the world. And I reckon that uh, there'll be more sightings of Prigozhin in future than there have been of Lord Lucan. Yeah, it's interesting you say um, conspiracy theories, Patrick, because the first thought I had on hearing the news was, what are all those naysayers in the United States who have been loosely and in some cases overtly supporting Putin going to think about him and Russia now. But of course, you're absolutely right. They'll say, well, it wasn't him. It was someone else. It was the Ukrainians. It was, you know, it was Prigozhin faking his own death. So let's wait for all those stories because they won't be long in coming. Okay, that's all we've got time for. Uh, Thanks very much for listening. And do join us for the Friday version of the podcast, which will be going over some other issues which emerged during the week. Goodbye. Goodbye.